So who sh- who should do the intro this time? Uh, did you do it last time or did I? Charlie did it last time. Oh, so you should do it this time. Okay. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast in existence. Today we are discussing The Mandalorian, Chapter 14. Uh, so full spoilers for that, of course. And despite your guys' angry emails and despite your requests, we have decided to bring back Charlie for another episode. Hello, Charlie. Back by unpopular demand. Dude, I, I haven't never... actually looked at the emails for uh, for last episode, so I'm going to see how. Yeah, just how just look. I mean, never have we was. gotten so many so much hate for one guest after just one episode. There's <laughs> <laughs> no true. change. No, no, no. You're right. It's happened in every single appearance I've had. <laughs> well, th- but yeah, the two the, oh, the two episodes that you were on before with the. Uh, the game streams, those are probably the most hated episodes of Top Calf Transmissions ever. And jury's still out. What about on that one where I had like diarrhea at the end? Remember that one? Uh, I had like I food think... poisoning. I wasn't open about the fact yeah, that I had I diarrhea, think... but that's no, what was didn't... going on. This is uh this is the first time that that detail has been brought to light. But... What do you think food poisoning means? Like I Well, I, I... I forgot it was food poisoning, but uh there was, there was also... another there was a migraine episode as well. I think I remember that one. Yeah, you've you've really been dragging the podcast down. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, but uh, oh, hello, Charlie. Usually, podcast hosts have to say hi to each other because to listeners, mm-hmm. we haven't been sitting in the same room talking for the last twenty five minutes. So I've been very rude with the constructed reality that we all live in in podcast world. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, uh, on that note, it was like your worst performing channel was the wolf and two video that had me in it and it was so bad that yeah. like a couple of days later you yeah, dm me saying like it's actively hurt my channel dude <laughs> <laughs> um so i did they tell you guys kelsey got me a kelsey my wife those of you who not who are not up on the uh, eckhart slider <laughs> personal channel um she got me an advent calendar of beer mm. So, so you, you're four in right now, eh? How's that? How's that going no. for you? Well, it's been good so far, but I just today's is a mocha oatmeal stout, and I just I'm just opening it, and it's ugh. I I saw some positive reviews for the first two, and uh, so oh, the first st- four have been good. This one or the first three have been good. This one's darker than the devil's asshole. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm just pouring it now. I just want to take a little, get my little live reaction here. Let's just see. This is this is a lot less effective without video. Not that bad. <laughs> Not All that right. bad. No, it, it sounds pretty bad. It wasn't that bad at first. It's got like a coffee taste. Mm. It's not that bad. All right. Sorry, guys. Sorry to <laughs> sorry to derail the podcast with this. I just. Been... <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't think I don't think we've derailed anything more than we have our first episode with uh with star wars explained other frequent guest oh where yeah we were all drunk as shit for the entire podcast oh i think you meant the one where you had a literal power outage well that was that one as well yeah because or i did up... and then i had to call in <laughs> was it was that that no because there was one where we couldn't stream anymore with alex and then people just came in and listened to the discord channel. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but there mm. was another one or was that also th- there 
we've had some bad episodes is basically what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is almost episode 50, too. So, the, wow, there that's a lot of podcasts because we weren't always we doing this weekly. No. Yeah. At the very beginning, we were doing this biweekly, um, which made sense because we were reading a new book every single week. And now yeah. it's sometimes a short book. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it, it, it can be tough if you're busy. It can be tough. Um, yeah. So since we stopped that, I've been reading Amanda. at least two full length novels, Star Wars novels per week. So it, yeah, I've read the entire Harry Potter series, which well, you listen to it. Let's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you audiobook shaming me now? Yes, I've been doing that for quite some time now. Okay, fair enough. But how how did you guys feel about the topic of today's Star Wars Tap Calf Transmissions episode? Uh, the uh, the tragedy, I think it was called. I haven't seen it. Mm. Yeah, um... I was going to make that joke. <laughs> See, Charlie, it's kind of believable when you when, when it's you though. <laughs> After the last episode, Charlie messaged me. This is true, and he's like, "Just watch it again. Watch it on my phone screen the first time." And <laughs> like in like three sixty p as well. <laughs> like, yeah, I really so liked when Ahsoka quality. fought Hagrid. That was sick. At least I think that's what was going on. It was really dark. <laughs> The first time I watched it, you mentioned the scene of like Din holding um, uh, yeah. Grogu's hand, and yeah. I was like, I don't remember that, and it was so low quality, <laughs> I couldn't see it. So, uh. I almost said uh, Yoda, and then almost corrected myself to Yaddle, and I was like, No, neither of those are right. <laughs> hey, we don't know that yet. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah, maybe it was. Clapping those green cheeks. Yeah, for for real though, episode review. I will say I I give my hot take reactions after watching the episode, and I don't think I've had more people disagree with me. Well, I, I said in my review, I think this was one of the most controversial episodes that I've seen because there were a lot of people who really really liked it, but like I saw on Reddit and on like Twitter that there was also a lot of people who just weren't feeling certain aspects of it. Um. Less related to plot and more like the direction of the episode and like yeah, like I think you and I both ended up on kind of the same page with this independently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've never, I don't think I've seen anyone like actively dislike it. I don't think either of yeah. us are in that camp. It's no. just there were some things that didn't like that we just weren't as big on. Didn't you mean didn't Jarn did? did? No, I didn't mean to say that word because I had nothing to follow it, so I changed the sentence and then you just <laughs> called it out with a really bad joke and just that neither of us are at our best there. No. But so yeah. I'm gonna we, edit that out. And I'm gonna leave this discussion about it in though. You're right when like I don't think it, there weren't that many people who actively disliked it. You're right. For me it was like I I said bottom five episodes. I think that may be too harsh, but on the other hand, there's only been 14 episodes, so yeah. it does kind of feel right. I don't think I've actively disliked any episode so far. So, yeah, what, what about you, Charlie? I, I'd say the, the, the elements for a really cool episode are there, but the atmosphere was off, I yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. And some of the directing and narrative um, didn't... didn't sit well with me but that's just me as a viewer that mm-hmm. um which was the first scene um where 
they were trying to build a bond, a further bond with Din and um, yeah, Rogu. you mentioned that to me. And I'm I'm not a massive fan of the concept of sh- showing and telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that uh, they try to make it very literal that he's having a stronger bond with the the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they could have made they could have hidden that more in subtext, like they have been doing in previous episodes. See, that was that was part of the episode that I I actually thought was one of the better ones, and like we actually yeah, just I don't really want to laugh. invite Charlie on anymore to be honest. Yeah, because like we we've never seen him laugh before, and never seen him yeah. like react that excitedly about something, especially when we know he's coming up to this decision at some point about like he either has to realize that uh, mm-hmm. he's not like the getting rid of the baby, the child is not just a mission, like he actually means something to him. And I hit their ass to come to terms with the fact that they're going to stick together, or he's actually going to be rid of the child at some point. And yeah, I, I do so, see where Charlie's coming from. Um, for me, it was like on the line. It was it was a little too on the nose, but I did I didn't think I didn't think it was. Bad, yeah, but it, it was like it was a little bit hammy, but it was hammy in a way that Star Wars often is, so it didn't stick out to me that much. Whereas there were parts in the rest of the episode that kind of felt like uh, they were big moments, but they were big moments mm. because of who was involved. So it felt like the relationship with Din and Grogu is it feels earned at this point because mm-hmm. of everything that's happened before in the series. But a lot of the moments that were kind of meant to be the big moments in this episode just feel like they're big moments because Boba Fett or like yeah. stuff that's established elsewhere just where if you were to get someone who's less familiar with what's going on to watch the episode uh like when i i'm watching through this with my girlfriend and she's not that into star wars i feel like when we get to this episode it's gonna fall a bit flat for her because like yeah can i counter that if that's okay um no so yes (laughs) um, i i i I get where you're coming from with the the relationship being earned between the two characters but you if you're building Din as a third dimensional character, it has to go both ways. He's been built to be this very stoic uh, person that in, in some way you can almost self insert in, in some aspects. Um, uh, but uh, yeah. So like if he's going to be built like a stoic character, and you're trying to flesh him out as a three dimensional character. It, he can't just go straight back to his default stoic self when he loses Grogu, you know, like, there was a very deadpan yeah. response from him. That was a bit of an issue. Yeah. To no, that's the totally beginning good. of the episode. So yeah. uh, that was an issue. Yeah. I that was so an issue I had with the Razor Crest and that. But the first part of the yes. episode. That's why I say like I like the first part of the episode, but the rest feels mm-hmm. kind of like they hit the beats in like actually getting the stuff done. But it felt unearned in those moments, and felt like it was just important because of what was happening. Just happening rather than mm. because mm-hmm. of how they actually executed it like he does not seem to give much of a fuck that grogu has been taking that the razor's crest is is gone mm-hmm. uh and like even as getting to tython was a moment that like i was looking forward to it was like we got right into it i didn't think they'd be doing that right no, away like that and it was kind of just oh we're here here's this giant force sensitive rock Oh, mm-hmm. you're you're not doing anything. Oh, look away. Oh, look, you're doing something now. And we don't know what you're doing. Looked kind of cool. Oh, here's Boba Fett. 
Because it was just like moment after moment, but none of those moments individually felt like they had that much impact to me and they didn't seem like they mm-hmm. had much impact on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's why I wonder why they had to keep this episode so short. Like it needed more room to breathe. It's only by the time you get the uh, the intro and the outro, you, you have less than 30 minutes of episode. Yeah. Like the, the, the credits start rolling at 28 minutes and then you've got... The show doesn't start until two minutes, so you know you've got twenty six minutes of episode. It's just not enough, really. Like mm. for me, there were a lot of issues in that sense, and like part of it, I think, is just like how the episode was filmed. For one, um, it was filmed like this is a real place they went to, which is yeah, weird Tython. because usually, yeah, Tython. Usually, the Mandalorians filmed in the volume, and I think that combined with like the way it was filmed kind of made it feel like a lot of people have been saying that it felt a little um, fan filmy, which is something that I got too. because Robert Rodriguez, he sometimes will go for almost that like hyper realistic, like just the way he films things like and it can be jarring. Like I noticed that when I watched some of his other movies, like um, uh, I almost said Hobo with a shotgun. That's not him. Um, like Machete. That's one of those movies where like it's kind of, I enjoy it, but I've I've always felt felt it kind of weird how all of this like in that case it's hyper violence, but in this case it's like high Star Wars fantasy happens alongside kind of such um kind of like realistic looking filming, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's always thrown me off. And for some scenes I thought it worked really well. Like with the with the scene where um Slave One came in, I thought that was awesome. And the way that was filmed with the ship kind of slowly coming in the background, I thought that worked really well. But then for other scenes, like when the stormtroopers uh, attacked, I thought that kind of exposed the weakness of it. And it was kind of a boring, bit of a boring scene. Yeah. And, and like Python the... itself was... Sorry, go ahead. Nope, you finish. I was going to say, Tython itself was also... I think you were kind of mentioning this too. I thought it was pretty underwhelming as a planet. Um like that's definitely a, a location where they could have stopped and like let the viewer soak it in or like had some wide establishing shots or because this is supposed to be like a, a big ancient Jedi temple and it's kind of just like a, a hill he lands on and yeah goes to town. Yeah, it's like that place in Lord of the Rings and that's kind of just what it looks like. Yeah. But uh, actually, I kind of want to jump back to the Grogu and Din discussion for a second and like devil's advocate that the you in some ways you may expect the kind of same reaction uh like emotional reaction to Grogu getting taken and Razor's crest exploding mm-hmm. but there I don't think it's invalid that kind of a regression is what happens rather than like emotional mm-hmm. explosion cuz like part of the part of the growth has been that he is going from being this stoic character into actually showing that he cares for Grogu. But when he's taken away, because this is an established part of who he is, I don't think it's necessarily like, I, I think some reaction would have been the better way to go, but I don't think uh, the choice to have him kind of just go back to how he was at the start in those moments is, is that bad. So well, to to say subtly that he's grown a form of uh, 
codependency on on Grogu for like emotion. Yeah, I'd say that's there's probably an element of that where he's like because we we've seen him interact with other people, even people that he likes, where it's not quite the same. There is nowhere near the same level as what he does with Grogu, but uh, when it comes to this one thing, he lets himself kind of detach from his normal, just stoic, this is the way self. Mm-hmm. I, get, I just I hope get, if I they get, are going to go that way that there's a payoff when they yeah. eventually reconnect. Like, mm. is I, I do think oh, you that think, what you're you, saying you, you is... You think they're actually going to rescue Grogu at some point. You don't I'm going to take just gonna the, uh, turn into green mush. I'm going to take the uh, the brave approach and say, yeah, I think you will. <laughs> I, and I get what you're saying. I just hope that, like, because the stoic Mandalorian thing is is okay, and it's okay that he regresses, but if he never moves past that, it's kind of boring. Well, I think that's a lot of that's going to come out with like uh, Bo-Katan's involvement or even Boba now, like where we're kind of seeing him. Sh- like we'll start seeing him shift away from that in other ways as well. But Grogu was his mm-hmm. foot in the door there, and now Grogu's gone. Because uh, like the way we see the the uh, the Death Watch Mandalorians was a lot more in line with how Din was acting. But then you get to Bo-Katans and uh, like the Night Owls. If like mm-hmm. I don't know if they're actually still the Night Owls, but I'm just gonna call them the Night Owls. That's what I've been calling them. <laughs> uh, where they are still like kind of stoic badass types but they're they are a bit more open and they're more expressive so the more that din starts spending time with them and like boba's probably even more in that camp like he's still very controlled but the i feel like we'll start seeing din move in that direction Mm -hmm. that makes sense no i I, i'd like to see that just yeah I, I still would have liked to see something when I don't care about it, the Razor Crest, but I still would have liked to see something when Yoda was gone. But yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 uh, I get what you mean. I um, wanted to jump back to your Typhon point, if I can. Yeah, just sure. quickly. Move no, on go to ahead. The next stuff. Um, I think I, I obviously I I agree with the the statement that Typh Typhon didn't feel as very impactful as the other places. And I think uh, what I meant with like a lot of really strong points that will make a lot of Star Wars fans enjoy the episode, but without the atmosphere, I think I've really enjoyed these big turning moments in the story, like Ahsoka Tan, uh, finding other Mandalorians um, and understanding uh, uh, Grogu species. I think mm-hmm. they've all been confined within a atmosphere that has been really built up from the from the ground up. Um, Mm -hmm. so when you implement these, you know, turning events that add a lot of weight to the story that keep me invested, it feels very grounded in where it's being placed in that Mm -hmm. location with these people and Typhon, I was surprised that we were immediately going there. Um, and that there wasn't any inhabitants there and it made Mm -hmm. it feel very empty. We didn't see any wildlife. We didn't see any unique aspects that make this planet unique um so to arrive to this planet and then implement these turning events like uh boba fett and uh and the um dark troopers it just didn't have the 
the the grounded impact that these previous mm-hmm. episodes have had. That's a good point. Um, because at least the other planet from last episode, Corvus, had those monsters and stuff, and it had like mm-hmm. that city, which helped make it feel kind of more Star Warsy. That probably part of the reason why this felt a bit fan filmy was because it's literally just. Like the boys found a, a a pretty big hill to film on for a couple of days and mm-hmm. got got her done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, the one bit of wildlife we saw was a butterfly, not a yes. not a tython fly. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like it's the same reaction I had with the, uh, with the first season episode where it's a bunch of shrimp fishermen, which is mm-hmm. like I was excited to see some Star Wars creatures. Like no, here's here's a shrimp, mm-hmm. but. Like I, I wouldn't expect there to be inhabitants, but like some other mm-hmm. sign that there had been Jedi there before, because like the temple or it is supposed to be separate from the temple. Like it, it's supposed to be the the stone on the mountain, but it, there was like there was really nothing else there. The statues were just very, very, very weathered rocks, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the only other sign that like you could use this set in almost anything and yeah it's just like any hill with anything on it that's what i was saying like on twitter it kind of reminded me either of something from like star trek the original series where Mm -hmm. they just filmed somewhere in california or it reminded me of like battlestar galactica slash like a thousand other science fiction shows that would just film somewhere in in bc (laughs) like yeah like how every forest in battlestar galactica on the various planets just looks like the forest of BC like this is kind of what this reminded me of. Yeah. Um, it's just so jarring when they there's been so much just world building with the other locations we've seen or so much care has gone mm-hmm. into the details there. And then we get to Tython, which is like seeing like this is a very important planet in the lore for both mm-hmm. legends and canon. So just the the there was some expectation there that this might like that they had something to work off of and there was something like at this point it's like why use tython for this if this is what you're doing like Mm -hmm. it almost looks more like octo if luke wasn't gonna be there yeah it did look quite a bit like octo um on that note before we continue the nerds will probably want us to talk about the tython location Location? discrepancy or maybe discrepancy i still think it's probably a discrepancy so the lore Although Tython hasn't been very important in Star Wars canon, it has been established in canon and legends to be in the deep core. Now, this episode, I'd say, is almost like ambiguous about it. So there's one mm-hmm. scene at the very beginning where you get a look at um, the Mandalorian's Navi computer, and there are two dots. There's a dot towards the center of the galaxy where you'd expect the deep core to be, um, and then there's a dot towards the uh, the outside of the galaxy, and some have... Some have guessed that that's one of those was the starting location and the end location, so that would indicate that Tython's in the correct place. However, there's also a scene later um, when the Empire shows up. Um, Fennec Shand says the Outer Rim is under the jurisdiction of the New Republic. So you can kind of read that two ways. One would be, well, we're in the Outer Rim, so the Empire shouldn't be here. Or two, the New Republic has pushed the Empire back so much... Uh, that they've now taken jurisdiction over the over the outer rim. There should be nowhere for them to hide. Like, what are they doing here? Um, and you can kind of make both interpretations, I think. But yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, like, I I feel like it'll just it'll still be in the deep core, and that line was just going to mm. turn out to be like kind of ambiguously stated. But uh, like my initial reaction, because I didn't see the computer at the start, or I wasn't paying attention to the computer at the start, uh, was that like, oh, did they did they just move it? Kind of like happened mm-hmm. to an axis. Uh, and even that, oh, right, I, there's yeah. ways kind of around the axis being moved thing. But yeah, I still have my theory that because like, that's the whole thing. It's it. like they're in the outer rim sieges. That was like, and then they're at an axis. My whole theory is that the outer rim sieges were going on, and then they left to go defend yeah. an axis, which, which makes sense. Yeah, because that that campaign made its way towards the core because they went from the outer rim sieges and like right to Coruscant. So. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it was like, like a diversionary even, yeah. strike or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it was uh, probably probably still Tython in the mm-hmm. in the deep core, but we'll we'll see. I'm a little disappointed because we talked about this last episode, and I theorized about it a little bit more in a video. Um, I really thought that they were going to have to like work with the new Republic to get to Tython because they've been spending their whole time in the outer rim. Now Um, the deep core is like notoriously hard to get to. And it's the first time we've left kind of the safe, the quote unquote safe, like wild West of the outer rim. Um, So yeah, I thought they were going to have to maybe get that X-wing pilot who's been following them to help them get past a new Republic security checkpoint or something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like, it, it was really shocking to be like, oh, we started the episode, what are they going to be doing, how are they going to be getting to Tython? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're at Tython. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, especially because the picture for the episode was him back on Navarro, meeting Cara Dune. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's where I thought he was approaching at first, and I was like, oh, like, I love Navarro, but I was like, I'm not ready to go back here already. Mm-hmm. So, I was, I, it was definitely a little shocking to... uh for this to happen, I guess. Yeah, and now she's an official New Republic Marshal, so I guess Navarro has joined the New Republic with uh, yeah with I Senator so. Grief Karga. That was, but yeah, that was a big that was a big jump from what that one scene to mm. the next. I'm with, not a joiner. <laughs> hey, guess what? Did I join? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but kind of weird too because she was a her title was Marshal last episode, or sorry, two episodes ago when she was featured because. When they're at the front gates, he mentions that to her because he's a magistrate and or a grief card is a magistrate and she's a marshal now. Yeah, so. but like that was just the that was just a little insignia that the guy left with there, right? Like, is she just lying about this? Is is it a joke that Din it, just it didn't could pick have up just on? been a joke that that Din was making, like oh, marshal of the New Republic or whatever, because she's got the badge. Um, I don't know. It's like, possible. It, 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 Neither of them yeah. seem to acknowledge that this this wasn't actually a thing, and see, like Din, I'm pretty sure just just accepts that, and then she like pushes back on breaking the well, guy. Well, she's out got of access to the computer code, so yeah, she like, must. Did, she must be part of the New Republic now, I guess. Yeah, like, I. I don't know. I'm fine with it. I mean, I I think it makes sense for them to try to join the New Republic, but uh. I guess, I'll, yeah, it's just kind of weird time. in context where it's like, uh, yeah, did I did I miss something? Are you joking? If you have to explain yeah. the joke, then it's like that's that's not a good joke. That's why this podcast isn't funny. Yeah, yeah, for sure, that's true. So, 
did we want to go through this in chronological order of the episode, or are you not guys not fast? Um, where we go mm, I, let's just look, we're kind of going in chronological order right now i'd say we've mm -hmm. talked about the journey to tython um so i think the next thing to talk about is well Corey, you you've been worried especially about um boba returning so how did you or not boba but just characters dominating the show too much how did you feel about him being tied now to the show this way because we both i think thought that he would probably Return in season three, if at all. I thought, no, I thought there'd be an episode about, like, confronting Boba, but, mm -hmm, like, okay. I really didn't expect it to be a situation where, like, no, what's actually going to happen is that Boba is going to be one of the core RPG party members for the next few episodes, it seems like, and that Din is, like, entirely mm -hmm. reliant on him to go anywhere now. Mm -hmm. where... Did you like that, or? I'm not sure how I feel about that yet, because, like, one of the things I said already about this episode that uh, made it drop a little bit for me was how some of the moments felt like they were kind of done to be cool, not just because they were good moments, but because it was Boba doing them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of what my fear is with uh, with having these kinds of cameos where like, sure, they're fun, but that also ends up having the show kind of rest on the fact that like it they are here rather mm -hmm. than what it's doing or what it's actually building up. Mm -hmm. Like, was it cool to finally see Boba do like everything that people have imagined him doing since he was introduced and like finally be a cool movie character, a cool live action character in a way mm -hmm. he, he literally never has before. Cause he really just stood there and then fell into a hole. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was really cool. And I'm sure we'll get to see him do more stuff. But is this going to now be the Boba show featuring Din? Because, like, what did Din do this episode, really? Get to Tython, yeah. sit at the top of the hill, and watch his stuff explode and get stolen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I do think... I think it's a cool team-up, though. Like, and I I think as much as... As much as the Mandalorian is going to make sense. I think it, I think it makes sense. Yeah. But the, the thing with it is just like how much it's been happening this season where it's not just like, this is the one thing they're doing that way. Mm -hmm. It's been Boba and last episode was very Ahsoka mm -hmm. where Din is kind of mm -hmm. becoming a side character in his own show in some of these episodes. And like the episodes that we have where it's, him and new characters or even someone like Cobb Vanth that's less uh less prominent then there's still enough focus on Din that it was uh uh like it was still it he was still the primary character but like last episode it was Ahsoka this episode very Boba and if we have two more episodes that are that focused on Boba then or as focused on Boba as this was then I I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I, like, I think this was probably so focused on him because it's kind of a reintroduction. Well, a, a proper introduction to the character because he really only yeah. has that brief appearance. But I, I see where you're coming from. I'm I'm less worried than I was at the beginning of the season about this being not the Mando show. Um, like, I don't think Boba's going to steal the spotlight from him. Like, it's still ultimately Din's mission. Um 
but I, I do see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, we're already past the point in the season that I would have said I was worried about before the season started, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. there have been enough enough cameos and they've been prominent enough that, like, I would have said beforehand that that's more than I would have wanted. Because, uh, like, Bo-Katan, similar thing, where there have been half the episodes this season that have just been someone else's cameo episode from something else mm-hmm. where if we got uh if these three episodes were spread across both seasons and it was that amount mm-hmm. then sure but if we're already at half the episodes this season being like that at what point is it going to be like okay yeah the rest won't be like that especially when we're going into two more episodes that we're pretty confident that Bo is going to be on and now this the starring ship of the show is going to be Slave One, and Raiders Crest is literally blown up as soon as it shows up. Thank God, hideous fucking ship! <laughs> oh, you don't like Raiders Crest? <laughs> I hate Raiders Crest. I'm so glad it's gone. The the, the fucking interstellar van. Yeah, let's get something better. <laughs> <laughs> like like the people who made the Minecraft mod pack are like, are you serious? <laughs> like, spent all this time. <laughs> like, I, I want to be clear. I, I'm not like disliking the show because of it, but. I I would have preferred if we're going to have this many cameos spreading them out a bit more because mm-hmm. no, it, get, it has that. been very heavily focused on bringing in these characters from other things. Yeah, I was less worried about I, I 100% see where you're coming from. I was less worried about there being cameos versus the cameo stories overwhelming the Mandalorian story. Mm-hmm which obviously hasn't happened at all yet, because you're right, the cameos have been kind of just like glimpses into these what will eventually be other shows, probably, or whatever else. Um, so yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. For me, it hasn't been too much, but what about you, Charlie? You're kind of coming at this from a different perspective, admittedly. I think you kind of like the tie-ins. Yeah, uh, I, I just think Lucy's, uh, Corey's going to absolutely lose it when... Um... Uh, and and stick to his channel name when Mace Windu gets introduced next episode. God, <laughs> where did this Mace Windu stuff start? I, I I've been seeing uh, this, but oh, well, it's theory. Okay, but he's like he fell out of a window, and he's I, I guess lots of I guess I guess that's not really a good good reason in Star Wars for not to show up. The one rule of film <laughs> or TV sh- shows is if you don't see a corpse, they are not dead. <laughs> yeah, if there's I mean, one person who's been like fighting to get back into Star Wars property since the prequels, it's Samuel L. Jackson. It's just like, I think it's a big part of Anakin's fall is killing Mace Windu. Yeah. And like George Lucas has said he was dead. Is obviously yeah, Darth Maul fall. That's different though. Darth Maul essentially at that point is just he's he's a very simple kill for Obi-Wan, not simple in like skill, but simple in morality. <laughs> he's just a simple torso trying to make his way in the universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I also don't really see the appeal of Mace Windu coming back because Mace is kind of a dick. I love yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Kind of a dick though. <laughs> yeah, Mace is like everything wrong with the Jedi Order in the prequels. Like he's kind of symbolizing that. Mm-hmm. And like I, I have enjoyed the the cameos on their own, but it, it's like, do I think the show is going to stop with them? If they stop with it right now and it never gets to take over it more than it already has, then fine. Mm. 
but mm-hmm. it does seem like that's the trend it's on. I don't think they're going to bring Mace Windu back for for this at least. I think I I do think there's a non-zero chance that Mace Windu gets brought back in something though. I mean, my defense of well, he fell down out of a window is a very poor one. Um, I could see it. I just I I think it's so important to Anakin falling to the dark side that Mace Windu dies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess no, I guess. To be clear, nobody who's fallen down a window or something else other than Mace Windu has not come back because Palpatine <laughs> came back, Maul came back. Well, Palpatine did die. He just he did die. He got better. Yeah, he I, respawned. I the, the the closer we get to bigger characters in the prequel and the original trilogy, the the more we lose Mandalorian, I feel. Like, I really don't want to see Luke. I really don't want to see Mace Windu. And I want this show to be the show that can flesh out everything in between without actually touching the main storylines. Yeah. Like, um, that's the that's the thing that has me concerned with this one, where it's like, Grogu called out and, like, something happened there. Something is going to pay off from that. And mm-hmm. we've already seen Ahsoka. Ahsoka's the one that sent them here. So it's going to be someone who isn't Ahsoka. And like it's not going to be an unknown character. You're not going to go from Ahsoka to an unknown character. It like is Obi Wan going to show up? <laughs> Obi Wan, <laughs> Force Ghost Obi Wan. I don't know. I, I would for me. I would be. He's going to leave the show at the end of his episode. Like, watch me on Disney Plus. It's <laughs> <laughs> not bad. I, I don't know. I think if Luke showed up, I I wouldn't be able to help but be excited. Um like, I mean, it's Luke. Like, Are you a Sebastian stan? I think I am. I think you would do a good job. Yeah, um, for me, I would rather them do that route, maybe with some very light CG work, than a fucking uncanny demon spawn Princess Leia in episode nine, where she's been de-aged to be training with Luke. I thought that yeah. was awful. Well, we've already got uh, we've already got a young Harrison or a young Han with all of them, mm-hmm. so like yeah, it's Ed, not out of the realm of possibility. And I think Sebastian Stan can look a lot more like Mark Hamill than Oh yeah, Alden absolutely. Can, so I mean, to be clear, I, I did actually really like Alden as Han, but yeah, I mean, visually, they're movies, so like I think we as viewers can understand that this is meant to be the same character. Yeah, we've all but, seen soap operas before. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> it's like with Mace. It is the nice fact that Samuel Jackson is like has aged the correct amount um not quite enough i guess but i know it's only been know. like yeah 15 years since the prequels were made and it's been like 25 since uh, yeah 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 i guess 26 30. so he's 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 off by a decade but i mean in, in movie terms like that's yeah. nothing like like Amparu was was a fox in episode three, and then she's sixty in episode yeah, four. Yeah, Obi Wan was <laughs> Ewan McGregor right now, technically in the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, a Tatooine ages you. It's it's not a good it's place to be. It's shit. bad just for don't the skin. Live there. <laughs> it's not even the suns either. It's just the nasty brews they're serving up at Chalam's Cantina. <laughs> I, I think um I think that 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 um. The people behind Star Wars are really trying to move away from the Skywalker saga. And I think The Mandalorian is doing a great job of that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, the same as Fallen Order and uh, and so on and so forth. So I think if we were to ever see a Jedi appear from what uh, Grogu on the um, 
on the uh what sorry is it the wish something stone sorry i forgot the, the name seeing, stone the wishing, seeing stone or whatever seeing stone i think the two my two theories it's either going to be um cal from uh, fallen order i think that would be a really that will actually hype me I, i'd want him the most out of everyone it's ezra um but my other my other dark horse would probably like maybe kyle katar uh Katarn? no that'd be cool no? i don't think they'll reintroduce because... kyle katarn like this cause... i think if they've already brought in the dark troopers it's like it's a possibility i think it's going to be ezra I honestly think yeah. it's going to be Luke. I, I I think it's going to be Luke. I think he's going to miss him. No, I I do think it's going to be Luke, but I think I think there's going to be a misconnection thing. Or mm. you remember that scene, Charlie? You won't, but Corey, you remember that scene in Battlefront Two where Luke meets um, Del Mico? I think it is from the Empire on that planet, and yeah. they just have a conversation. It's like one of the best like Luke scenes in New Canon. I would like to have just something like that between Luke and the Mandalorian. I don't think that would be too much. Yeah, that would be fine. Like, just like Luke, just be like, listen, bud, he's not going to become a Jedi. He's been force choking people for 40 years, probably. He's kind of fucked up. Like, just take him on as a, as an apprentice and it'll be cool. Yeah, I write for Disney, by the way, in case you guys was, can't. Uh, so this jumps ahead a lot, but was Grogu force choking the stormtroopers or was he just holding them up? I wasn't 100% clear on that. I, I think he was force choking. Mm -hmm. I've got to listen yeah. again because every single force choke in Star Wars is accompanied by that yeah. sound, and I don't know if I heard it or not, but I, I assume he was meant to be. Yeah, that's why I wasn't as clear on it, because like their heads were moving in kind of a choky way, but it could also be consistent with him just holding them up. But I didn't I didn't think I heard the the signature choking. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a brief gust of wind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, one thing I will add, I'm I'm really glad that we all have different. Um, estimations on what will be the next Jedi to appear in Mandalorian. I'm glad that we all aren't settling on the same one because this kind of like shows just how interesting this show is you know, mm -hmm. is being. You know, or you said uh, you said Ezra, right? I think Charlie. I think Ezra is the most likely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Corey's Ezra. I'm either Cal or Kyle, and you're Luke. We'll give you Mace as well if you want him. No. <laughs> I, 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 no. Yeah, if you if you basically give me Ezra or the field, I'll take Ezra at this point. Okay, all right. So it, if we want to give Charlie literally everyone who isn't Luke and Ezra, then I'm I'm still good on those odds. I, like, I could think upset. about that until the end of the episode, but that that seems good. Look at what we have so far. If like a lot of this is either tying into Rebels or setting up for a Rebels sequel. We've got Ahsoka already. We got Bo-Katan. You better believe Sabine mm -hmm. is going to show up at some point. And if you need a mm -hmm. Jedi who's been missing, getting called out to in the Force, who who better? Like Ahsoka's Honestly, looking for I've Thrawn. Been, I've been calling out to Kyle Katarn every night. Kyle, be <laughs> recanonized, please. Kyle, <laughs> oh, T's ready, mate, please. And I think with Can with Cal, uh, I also said Can, that's Cameron Monaghan. Uh, I feel like because I saw him in real life, he's very handsome. Sorry, I saw him for like forty hours in a video game. True, that game was so successful. I wouldn't be surprised. If but they do we're definitely him. getting Fallen Order two, and I feel like mm. it, perfect time. 
Well, I, I feel like depending on what the timing of that game is, uh, like the timeline, having mm. Cal show up in live action right now. Yeah, it's too much of a is, spoiler. Yeah, it kind of closes off some of his story options a bit too much. Unless we're going into like post-Mando time period with him, in which case... I'd be like, in for that, but... Yeah, like I feel like that Cal, leaves too much on the table for more Jedi Fallen Order games. Agreed. Still the and entire the, Empire to go through. The thing about Cal 2 is I was expecting him to die in Fallen Order, so that removes a lot of the interest from the second game as well, because he's a character who doesn't have anything to go to after the game, so they can kill him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hear me out, though. Okay. Right. He appears uh, in in at the end of season two. We might get a trailer for the next game, and then when the next game comes out, season three's out, and it's just a massive tie-in. That would be a big time jump between games because the first one's set like nearly twenty-five years before this. I know, I know. I mean, I, I mean, I, know, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, like, I, I totally get where you're coming from. As well, let, let, let's put this to a bet. Each of us put in twenty dollars each. Okay. Whoever's character appears, and I won't include Mace Window on mine. Because okay. That's not fair to have. What happens if none of them appear, or all of them? I think appear? Uh, I think Corey and I should get the rest of the episode, the rest of the podcast, to think of a uh, a long shot option as well. Okay, and if none of our choices appear, so we cool. put all of the we put it into charity. Okay, if none of our choices appear. Okay, I'm, I'm oh, fine with that. Okay. That works for me. <laughs> Corey, you can have Mara Jade as well if you want. Hmm. So what are the chances <laughs> they all show up? What if it's just like we get we get to uh, the season finale and it's Luke, Cal, getting Ezra, a, getting that old fashioned. Oh, and anyway. Ahsoka just all standing there. It's like, hey, <laughs> why have we never met before? <laughs> can you believe it took the Mandalorian to bring us together? <laughs> I'd hate that. That'd be just the worst. <laughs> See, I was I was prepared for it to be like getting there. The stone does nothing because Grogu doesn't bother calling out to anyone because he wants to stay with the Mandalorian. And then it's like, oh yeah, you're you're a foundling. You're gonna you're gonna become a Mandalorian because you don't want to call out to anyone. But then he did. So something has to happen now. Someone has to answer that call. Starkiller. Mm. <laughs> God no. Well, That'd be a weird rumors, one. There was rumors of a uh, Force Unleashed three. From Insider recently, That's I feel like Fallen Order has filled has filled that niche in a way that I like so much more. Than, yeah. yeah, I like. Then I am not a fan show. of like Force Unleashed. One had some fun with. There's a lot of frustrating parts in that game until you like if you're playing on PC without a controller, especially. Yeah, with a controller, it's it's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, Force Unleashed Two is just. God. Bring it down! <laughs> that that fucking VO is gonna be etched into my mind forever <laughs> because I took an hour and a half to beat that, and it's just why anyone thought a... quick time events were one of the worst decisions anyone ever made in games. Yeah, and, and that there's a reason we haven't like... seen one in twelve years. Well, All in Order had some quick time events, but nothing like that. Yeah, but that was like <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, press a few buttons during the cutscene. Force Unleashed was like. This is a core part of the gameplay, and if you want to beat the Star Destroyer, then you gotta you gotta do this. What if yeah. okay? What if 
it's not a good guy who hears the force call. Well, is it going to be worse than Moff Gideon already being there? So I feel like he's the big bad for the show. So do you get... Do you think he's the big bad for the show? Like, do you think the show's over when Moff Gideon's dead? I feel like the main plots that we have right now are over when Moff Gideon's dead. So unless it's setting up a much later, you awoke me from my slumber, then <laughs> I don't see why they'd be, what they'd be doing now. What if it just summons somebody on Uber and they just show up and they're like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to take you to the airport. <laughs> it's cost how much? <laughs> well, if well, if you think about Dark Jedi right now, who would you... Other than a new character, who would you expect to be uh, to show up as a result of this? Oh thing? no one! It, I, I would. It would be a new character. You think it'd be if, a new character? Another yeah. potential force-sensitive new evil yeah. character for them to fight. When what seems like the main point right now is to stop someone like Gideon from becoming force-sensitive. I mean, I don't. I don't think that's likely. I don't think that's more likely than a Jedi showing up. I'm just saying, like, I imagine the call went out on all channels, right? Yeah. This is what wakes Palpatine up. Jarek, as Daigo's fish said. Hmm. He can't see, but he can. I think it's a very high chance any of our current suggestions, I'd say I'm like 95% sure any of our suggestions that we're putting money towards will appear as a character. So Luke, Cal, Kyle, or uh, Ezra, I think are very super high chances. For me, logically, Ezra makes the most sense as just from a pure character point. But when it comes to where the characters are, that's where I think Ezra stops making sense because at this point he's still lost. I find it kind of, but, I guess I find it hard well, to believe that, that like, Thrawn. but yeah, yeah, exactly. He, no, but like Ahsoka is looking like Thrawn is the one organizing this other stuff and Ahsoka is yeah. actively hunting Thrawn. So mm-hmm. Ezra isn't any more lost than Thrawn is. Well... I don't know because she was able to find Thrawn, like find ties to Thrawn pretty easily. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure what you're saying here. Okay, well, so, uh, I'm just saying Ezra hasn't even really returned to the galaxy at large. At least, like it, do- it doesn't seem like he has. Unlike, like Thrawn is back doing something. I don't know if they got yeah, but split if, up or what. If Thrawn is back, then like Ezra would have escaped as well, and maybe he hasn't like shown up directly anywhere yet. Or maybe we just haven't heard about him showing up directly anywhere yet. Maybe yeah. he's already with Sabine, and that's why Sabine's not with Bo-Katan. But mm-hmm. like, if Thrawn is back, like Thrawn may be smarter than Ezra, but Ezra is more individually capable than Thrawn is. So if Thrawn was able to get out of there, then you have yeah. to assume Ezra is. Oh, I think he got out of there. I just think it would be kind of strange. I don't know. I just think it'd be strange for that to be the first thing he's for him to do when he's been lost for so long, I guess, to go seek somebody else out instead of his friends. Yeah, I guess part of it depends on when that scene is. Has it been confirmed whether this is before or after Like they're looking? No, it hasn't. Um, the, and you can't even really guess. Like I said in the last episode um, that... My guess was that it was this is after based on the age of Jason Sandula, but someone correctly pointed out, well, there's no guarantee that it's happening concurrently with uh, like those two scenes in the epilogue of Rebels are happening concurrently. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, sorry, just to clarify your uh, 
um, predicting if the ending of Star Wars Rebels was before or after yeah. the yeah, events yeah. of Say Soka. Um, I I know Alex believes it's before. Alex I do too. Has, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's most likely, but. Like there's no of... there's no way to tell though is the only thing like there's no real hints mm -hmm. in the scene itself just it's just kind of like what you feel makes more sense for me it, it seems like that was the start of ahsoka ahsoka's journey and i assume sabine is somewhere else um and she's been like her following these trails has led her to grand admiral thrawn um but yeah um yeah i i think with uh, not to stay on the topic too long, but I think with the huge tie-ins with Star Wars Rebels, I think Corey might win this one. I wouldn't be surprised if Corey won this one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's let's move on a bit. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the fight scene a little bit? Uh, I want to talk about something a little bit earlier first. Okay. Uh, sure. That the Mandalorian said dank. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. calling stuff dank is an actual Mandalorian expression. Isn't that what he's been saying oh, the whole he? time? Dank Ferrick or whatever? Dank Ferrick, yeah. But oh, yeah. I like that scene. It, it, I don't like, think we've talked about it on the show before, so I, I feel like it needed to happen. It, it is pretty dank. Uh, you know what's not dank? The Mandalorian tried to run through that goddamn forest field three separate times. <laughs> also, he made it speaking through-ish. Sort of, but then he was like, nah. Speaking yeah. of Fallen Order, I did notice the... Uh, one nice little detail is the the stone that the seeing stone had like the same kind of Jedi script. It's just like yeah, just the long kind of L yeah. and S shaped letters. That's actually cool. something I didn't like because it doesn't make any sense anymore. Like why the Mandalorian didn't just load that save? It's <laughs> like he could he could stop him. Like let let Baby Yoda level up and he'll be fine. Yeah, like I know it's kind of save scumming, but at this point, like you kind of got to use all the weapons in your arsenal. And like mm -hmm. the the dark troopers came down and they didn't even really do much. They just floated down, grabbed him, and left. Yeah. So if you got to save scum that fight a couple times, then like we all fought uh, the shirtless boomer. I'm sure many times our first. Time oh yeah, over, that guy. But, um, What's his name again? Uh... I just kept calling him shirtless boomer when I was. Playing, I remember so I, I watched never... you. I watched your stream of you trying to fight him. It was rough. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's talk about the actual fight though between the trio and. Uh, you mean between uh, Fennec and Boba on one side, and then the stormtroopers on the other side? Yeah. Well, then, well, Din did show up to get shot later, so that fair. Also, I do want to say too. Um, that I thought Boba was great, like the the acting and everything, like Tamura Morrison. I thought he did a perfect job of like mixing Django with uh, like OT Boba Fett. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought he. I just thought it all sounded very, very good, uh, and I thought the body language and stuff was pretty on point. And he brought a nice like ferocity to the battle. Like he was he was cracking skulls, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think the fight scene went on a little bit too long like there was especially with um i forget her name the sniper fennec um fennec. that scene was a little bit elongated for me and i was yeah just like, oh, wow, i didn't like it either. going on <laughs> yeah so, yeah it, like, it was just too like and... yeah it was the 30 minute episode it's, it was also just pretty silly like there were some pretty silly parts like i'm okay with stormtroopers occasionally being bit of cannon fodder but in this case it's like she's literally 
She's only beating them. It's like a stormtrooper comes around a corner. She turns and aims faster. Stormtrooper comes around a corner. She turns and aims faster. She pushes a rock down. It's like they never really feel like they're anything more than fodder, which is a problem not unique to this show. Um, but it's just it, it just felt a little I don't know if campy is the right word, but it kind of exaggerated some of those issues. Um, but I did like the actual brutality of that rock crushing those stormtroopers and the brutality of uh, of Boba just going ham is something you don't usually see, especially that scene where he's like, you, I could definitely tell it was Robert Rodriguez, that one scene where he's like dragging the gaffy stick across the ground to go like yeah. golf smash that last. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was a great scene. I think I think hit the the uh, choreography with a weapon like that is is always going to have some creative outputs. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I think um, forget forget her name again. Um, Fennec. Fennec. It's there's not so much you can do, and it felt very Indiana Jonesy with like the with how they were managing her and her fight scenes, and it was very dull. But um, Boba Fett's uh, uh, choreography was, was was a lot more interesting on a contact mm-hmm. person to person contact. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. This would have been a case of less is more, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, 12 Stormtroopers, I think, would have been entertaining. But, like, especially when the second shuttle came down and, like, landed right next to the other two ships as if they were pulling up at, like, a fucking neighborhood barbecue. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I would have yeah. got, I would have been... Like, I, I wasn't fine with it either way, but like it, it would have made more sense if it was like the stormtroopers that actually got it. But they were basically just there to be fodder, so that we could see Boba and Fennec beat the shit out of people for twenty five mm-hmm. minutes before none of them had any impact. They run away. Boba blows them up, and then the dark troopers come in. Mm-hmm. It's like none of those stormtroopers, none of what they did mattered. They had no impact. But- they were never going to be the ones to get the child. It didn't set the dark troopers up to be able to get the child you could just skip from them being there to the dark troopers coming down and taking them and literally nothing would have changed that was such that's a such a that's a really great point i never thought of that i that's absolutely true they didn't weave uh a planned setup at all uh it was just a lucky chance yeah it's questionable why they were there at all exactly yeah no that's a really great point um, but I just to add on that though, um, I was going to mention this previous episode, but I, I was like, you know what, it's probably a one-off. But stormtroopers do feel a little bit more lethal now; mm-hmm. like their shots are are somewhat more accurate, like compared mm-hmm. to what they usually are. So, because that happened in the previous episode as well. Um, sorry, the uh, two episodes before that, when they were on the uh, Gazanti, I was like, man, these, these stormtroopers. That was three really episodes holy- before. Was it free? Yes. At uh, least three, the, wasn't it? Because yeah. the last one, yeah. Gizanti, the Jedi. Uh... It was the Jedi, which was last episode. Then the one before that was the the Siege. Jeez. And then it was the... I don't remember the name of that episode. The, yes, you're right. Yeah, it was free. The, was it the Heiress? I think was the, the Aris, name. Yeah. 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 But, but even in the Siege, they were... They, were, well, they weren't as impactful. But in the... In the... Um, in, in the the Gazanti scene, they were very uh, aggressive, and I thought, wow, they're mm-hmm. really holding up her, their own end this time around. But yeah, the going back. The Gazanti to... scene had probably the best action I think in the show so far. Yeah. Um... 
yeah. I think that's just based on the 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 room setup. The way that the rooms mm-hmm. are set up allows a lot of tent like um tension in the corridors, like uh in, in movement and and how that plays out. Here you're in open space and there's a lot of advantages that just make fights not seem super interesting or conflict have much conflict. No, um, you're you're hundred percent right. There was a scene, I think it was in the sin season one um where he's breaking back into the imperial base and it's like a lot of corridor fighting and that's when the choreography really shined i just i don't know if it's just it's just tough in star wars to make prolonged blaster fights in the open i guess really interesting mm-hmm. yeah i did like the thing like pushing the rock down but we did get a lot of uh prometheus school of running away from things in that to be fair though that was a fast moving rock and they're yeah. on tough terrain so i'm i'm, I'm gonna give him that one <laughs> Plus, a couple people did get out the well, way. Well, there was the guy who tried to shoot the rock with his e-web, and I feel like there's absolute, only so much you mean credit. The absolute you can legend get. who tried to shoot the rock. <laughs> Halt, yeah, who goes there? the the best type of combat is when a character is able to uh, capitalize on a unique environmental um, uh, uh, thing that they can use as their advantage, whether it be like mm-hmm. if they were going to. If they realized, I don't know, the, the material was, was very reflective on blaster shots and Mando's able to perfectly predict uh, a, a shot that isn't directly at the Stormtrooper and it's able to perfectly bounce uh, to the enemy or something like that. It's got to it's got to use the environment in a smart way that makes that, that type of combat choreography interesting to watch. No, you're, you're definitely right about that. Um, let's talk about the dark troopers now because I will say, I mm. first of all predicted that they would have an orbital insertion, although it wasn't orbital in this case, they were in atmosphere. I, I knew they would come in from the sky, I thought they'd come in in a pod, but this was still pretty badass. And I gotta say, the, the scene where they're like flying through the atmosphere, and like I just I'm re watching it now as I talk, and there's like you can see like the water vapor on their face and stuff, and then they like they there's a cool shot where they're like above the uh the 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 hill and then they turn and they kind of have to slow down i thought that was really cool but then like they just grab the child and leave yeah it's like such a waste for like a really poor villain introduction in my opinion yeah that's what i was kind of talking about with the with like the stormtroopers where if you're just looking for a cool action scene you've got those dark troopers coming but it just Mm -hmm. it just shows that the stormtroopers were only there so that they can have someone for Boba to beat yeah. up before they lose because yeah. they have to lose the dark troopers to get Grogu out of there. But yeah, um, like at least have them firing from like as they're coming down. That would have been cool. Um, yeah, uh, that was my question, actually. How would you improve that scene, Justin? Well, if you look at the concept art at the end of the episode, it has the dark troopers holding these like mini guns. Um, I think if I were to do it, I would probably just have had them pro like firing down on the Mando and like completely. I mean, I wouldn't for me, it was like I wanted them to kill a character to show that they're hot shit. But then it's like, I don't want them to kill Boba Fett. I don't want Fennec Shan to get another death after being reintroduced. So there's no one you really can kill. Mm-hmm. Um, they they but killed Dan and like, now it's just about it is just Boba's show. Yeah. Yeah. But like. 
have them do something have them secure the child or like maybe like crush through a boulder i don't know just do something you know what i mean mm. Corey, what about you uh i feel like if you had the stormtroopers and the dark troopers working together in some way mm-hmm. uh like I do, but, I do think to make sure that they stay up in their threat level, you can't have them destroy a dark trooper yet. No. But uh, if there's something that the stormtroopers do, are doing that makes it clear why they they went in in these two phases like that, because uh, it's not like Gideon is unaware that Din can kill several stormtroopers. This isn't this isn't a new thing. No. We're not establishing <laughs> anything with that. It's literally just these three are going to beat up on some people for a bit until the actual thing happens. So if you, if you can find a way to have the, the dark troopers are like getting in, they're setting up maybe uh, Dan and Boba and Fennec are doing something that'll hold them off for a bit, but then they break through and you use the extended fight from having the stormtroopers there to give mm-hmm. the, the the protagonist someone that they can kill while the thing that's actually relevant is going on and they ultimately lose but we still get some some cool moments from boba that shows just how badass he is in in a losing engagement but as it is it's just like oh fight happens and then these super tough antagonists come down grab the child and leave so if you can tie that together and i think anyway it kind of improves it but Maybe have them like shrug that. off the whistling birds or whatever. Like yeah. that would have been cool. The Mando sees them and fires the whistling birds and they just don't even stop moving. Or you get like this the B2, B1 battle droid situation where one of them just smacks an ordinary stormtrooper out of the way. Um yeah. or, or maybe uh, the staff doesn't work against them or something, but yeah. Yeah, my uh, my my mine would be a mix of of what you both suggested. Like the stormtroopers come in, keep Boba and um Fennec. Um occupied uh then mando sees two of the dark troopers go down to grogu he picks up his jetpack flies up uh the third one lands right in front of him the fourth one lands right in front of boba um whistling birds no effect um flamethrower mm-hmm. no effect gets literally beaten the, the shit beaten out of him um boba is able to hold off for a bit longer but um, but it's ultimately t- tackled down as well, um, uh, and before he's killed off, Fennec is able to uh, stave off any threat from Boba as he's recovering. Mm-hmm. Um, they take the baby, they they leave, the stormtroopers leave, and then Boba sh- shoots down both um, spaceships, and then that's how I think that combat would have weaved all of the events together. And mm-hmm. made a much more suspenseful and power level uh, idea of all the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been kind of stupid and goofy in hindsight, but I would have loved to see the stormtroopers running from them as well. <laughs> like the stormtroopers yeah. are fighting until they see the dark troopers come down, and then they just fuck off. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. or even have like instead of having two transports, have the one transport and then uh, and the dark troopers. And have like Dan and Boba both shoot a rocket at like one's going for a dark trooper, one's going for the ship, blow up the ship, but the dark trooper survives or something. It's like mm-hmm. give it, give us some idea of what the dark troopers are able to do other than fly down while they're distracted and like not even distracted, they're just not on the hill at the moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it 
that was kind of my main thing with it was that the combat was such a main part of the episode, but ultimately mm-hmm. the combat we saw didn't really mean anything because yeah. no one accomplished anything out of it other than maybe get Din 20 feet away from the child. One kind of thing I'll add to that is I thought it was a little unsatisfying when Boba Fett's chasing the dark troopers and then he approaches the Architens and then he just flies away. Mm-hmm. Like I would have liked to see the ship shooting at him or something, especially that shot with mm-hmm. the turbo laser I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But like, it would have been nice to, cause he, he's just kind of like, uh, like guess I'll not, I guess I'll just fuck off and leave when like, it would have been cool just to see the ship like sending him away. So, do you guys think yeah. we're getting two more episodes like of full Boba and Fennec? Then, I think they one. they said they're sticking with him until they get the child back, and Din has no way to get anywhere. Does mm. Grief Karga have a ship? Mm, I think he used no. We assume I think he does, just... but I don't think we've seen him use it. Oh, God, what if he gets the Millennium Falcon? That'd be fucking awful. <laughs> if he gets the Millennium Falcon, I'm done with this fucking show. Because <laughs> it is, is, is it missing yet in lore? I don't know, but. Uh, no, I don't think that happens until uh, until closer when Ben is becoming Kylo, right? Thank God. I don't remember, but. <laughs> if that happens, I'm just, I'm just done with the fucking show. <laughs> done with this show and these shit ships. <laughs> but, like. I love I, the Falcon. It'd just be. <laughs> Yeah, we have kind of a a, a promise a, a promissory note from two guest stars here that they're going to be there for the next two episodes, and I feel like that's more more of a consistent presence than we've gotten from any of the mm-hmm. kind of supporting characters, including Grief and Kara from the first season at least, because they've been they've been in two episodes this season, yeah. and we assume I think that they're going to be playing a role in the next one because like we he went to see Kara about rescuing Bill Burr which I really wish they wouldn't I hated that character <laughs> but uh but like in the first season I think the the character that we saw the most would have been like cool quill yeah cool. and quill yeah. whatever I can never remember which is supposed to be and that was only like two maybe three episodes so like Boba and Fennec could be jumping up into into top billing as far as the supporting characters go. Yeah, it's possible. I, I think they'll definitely be around for episode eight. It's also possible, I think, that for episode seven, that they just fuck off and do something else while Mando's rescuing Bill Burr. Um, not Bill Burr's character either, just Bill Burr. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Who survived from that mission? I forget, and I'm I'm not sure which of those people um, I actually want to see. I that. don't really care. That was like my least favorite episode. <laughs> I think Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, that one was not right. I mean, the New Republic stuff was cool, but I'll probably rewatch it before next week because yeah, I'm gonna have to as well. Um. Yeah. Like, is Cobb Vanth gonna come back this season? Do you guys think that was a, a one and done with him? I feel like he's the character I, most likely to be a one and done, but I don't know. I would like. I really liked Cobb yeah. Vanth's character. Um. See, I'd like I him mean, to come back, but yeah. I don't know how you'd oh, do it I, though. Yeah. They're just gonna bring all the characters together as a as a A team and it's gonna be so shit. <laughs> they're gonna have a, an in universe post show wrap up where they're oh, doing a, like I a really Comic Con panel. I don't want him being like we have to get the team together and then he goes to every single character he's met 
this season to go and help get the, the kid. I know a lot of people would like that, like a Marvel get together, but like I, I that sounds so safe and so bland. That no, the, the less people in that final fight, the higher the risk and the more intense it's going to be. Yeah, I feel like it, it's yeah. going to start getting more towards uh, the Mandalorian Association. So like Boba makes sense for that. Uh, maybe even Bo-Katan. Because Bo-Katan is actively hunting Gideon. Mm-hmm. So whether that pays off this season or the next, it's got to pay off somewhere. Because they're not going to establish her main plot as being, oh, I'm after Bo-Katan because he has my fucking sword. And Din is also <laughs> after Bo-Katan. Or after uh, Gideon because he has my fucking child, <laughs> and then in handcuffs, unsurprisingly, yeah, yeah. Of course, the Empire has child-sized handcuffs as well. Ooh, what if, uh, <laughs> what if the Jedi who answers the call is Qui Gon and he gives the speech from Taken Shut to Gideon? Back up. <laughs> uh, I will find you, and I will save the child. Yeah, guys, I, I, I mean, I, I know you don't interact with the chat much, but I'm seeing a lot of support for like the whole team get together for, for like the final two episodes. Who, did, who does that include, going, though? Is that like that Boba, Fennec, Freef? Woman, Boba, Bo-Katan. Okay, the never mind, I'm in. I wasn't in, but I, I'd do anything to see that frog lady again. I loved her so much. Uh, the frog lady, Bo-Katan, um, and, and, and her posse, it will be Boba Fett. It'll be Fennec. It'll be Cobb and um, and um, Grief and Kara. Yeah, they're gonna be all together, and it's the frog. The, the statue frog of IG Eleven. This is a thick Mando from season one. I mean, I think we saw the thick Mando done. in this episode with Boba wearing that armor. It's not covering okay, much. He wasn't actually fat, I don't think. I think he just had his robes on underneath, which was he did. Weird. But yeah. it was still like if you go, if you look at the picture of Cobb wearing the armor, and then you look at <laughs> Boba wearing the armor, there's a bit like Cobb is a svelte man, and Boba is not. Uh, I, I can just imagine there being a scene when they're like, "We need to get to the generator," but it's just, we, you know, it's so deep underwater, and the frogman's like. I'm here to do it, and say no more. Yeah, it's gonna be like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like I just really don't want that. Like I know it sounds cool getting them all together, but there will be scenes perfectly fitted for every single character, and it'll be so safe, so boring, just to get yeah. all the characters involved. No. Yeah, and especially and when we know we're gonna have Bill Burr there as well, so he's part of the crew. And, and and then and then the male frog will die as a sacrifice, and you'll be like, "Nah, oh. don't do that." Then, I don't want to hear that. And and then and then like Justin's two minutes it. later, you'll forget, you'll blink, and then be like, for, "Just forgot he even existed." <laughs> Never. Like most people in your life. Okay, so no. All right, Charlie, you're not invited anymore. I don't like this negative energy you're bringing. We're talk. We've moved past talking about the Mandalorian here, and are bringing up some other stuff. I think. So I think there's one more thing we should probably talk about before before we end. And mm-hmm. that's the that is the fact that Django and by extension kind of Boba have been mm. reestablished as Mandalorians. And uh, Jester Mareel is actually mentioned as well mm-hmm. in his uh his thing, his little codex. Yeah, so uh I'm we cl- do establish that Django has fought in the Mandalorian Wars because it was 
for the last few years, it's been basically because uh, that scene with the president in the Clone War saying like, no, they're not Mandalorians, but mm-hmm. that kind of just fits in the fact that they are, there was yeah. a civil war and they fought on opposite sides. So mm-hmm. Django's a foundling, passed down the, bo- the, the boba to armor. Um, so, okay. So which side did, surely Django wasn't on Satine's side. Like, would he have been on Death Watch? Django? Or, like, the traditional, yeah. Would he have I, been, like, one I of the traditional? Django was one of the was one of the Death Watch ones. Yeah, okay. I, I can't remember, but I assume he would have been. Like, there's the, the peaceful people, and then there's the, the blow yeah. people up people, and which do you yeah, think Django is? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I feel like Boba is outside of the culture. He just kind of got the armor and was never really part of Mandalorian culture, but mm-hmm. he just gets to keep it by extension. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do we think uh, do we think that the Mandalorian is going to be dueling Gideon with the Beskar staff? Almost definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then maybe a slight tease of Thrawn just at the end before season three. With his own Beskar staff? I, I got a little bit of a Beskar staff when he said Thrawn's name. Well, do we get so like does Thrawn show up in the form of like a hollow with uh, with Lars Mikkelsen playing him or something? I'd be down. I don't think I don't think Lars is going to play him, even though he should. I just I don't feel like that's the route they're going to take. I think, yeah. And I do think Lars is a bit too squirrely looking as well. Hmm. Mm. Well, well, that's going to do it for this episode. What, 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 how did you guys feel about the uh, when he said, I'm a simple man making his way through the, through the galaxy like my father before? Mm-hmm. Did you like that? Bit of an eye roll moment. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I heard my dad say this in the living room once. <clears throat> Can you imagine? Like, that's just one day in the kid's life. Like, that's like me being like quoting something my dad randomly said when we were out to get like fucking tomatoes at the grocery store. It's like, <laughs> now this is a rainy day. Just like, <laughs> this is pod racing. <laughs> looking around. It's like, the fuck are you on about? <laughs> yeah, he's Home Depot and he breathes in deep and he's like, get get a load of that sense. <laughs> all of the uh all of the lines Boba has are just like Django's lines repurposed. Possibly. <laughs> are you a Mandalorian? Possibly. People, I didn't mind people it, I on Reddit loved it. They lapped up. They were bouncing off the walls. Like it was fine. Like it's I I'm too old to well, be. Well, it's it's a lot like when people just want Charlie on streams it. to yell, "I'm not mad," but yeah, it doesn't annoy me. I'm just I'm fine with or without it. But mm-hmm. like, uh, I I kind of feel bad for Boba, where it's gonna be like, "Say the thing, say he said it." Poor guy, he's been through enough. Mm. Yeah. But we oh, have yeah. uh we have Birio in four minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll have to abruptly end this stream. This well, is there is there anything else you want to? We've been late for a burial before, and Charlie can just start the stream starting soon on yeah. on his side there if we need to. Um, but is there I, any I also other think thing? that pretty much covered yeah. everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, well, maybe Yoda scene is one thing that we might want to cover. So yeah, uh, which one? Who's that now? Um, the baby Yoda. Um, yeah, force choking everyone ambiguously. Time. Yeah. I can I can put the stream starting soon while we talk about this, so we've got time. 
Is this hey, talk about it. Yeah, well, what do you want to say, Charlie? What do you want to uh, say? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, Corey, what do you <laughs> think about it? Well, I thought uh, we already kind of talked about how he's uh, he's kind of sliding to the dark side there, whether or not it was a forced choke situation. Uh, we're still uh, not not 100% solid on I don't think any of us are are fully on. Like, I think we're My all leaning in that yes, direction. I, I want to yeah. hear the whoosh. Yeah. But uh, I, we got, we've already seen the bridge on the Architend, which I thought was cool, but yeah. He's in that hallway a I, lot. I seriously, I, I wasn't surprised because they were really hinting about this from the beginning of season two mm-hmm. all the way up to this point about, you know, the kids seem worse, um, him having to witness what Din is doing, like violent wise. Um, and then the foreboding uh, Anakin statement from uh, Ahsoka. It was all leading up to this point of he could potentially uh, lean to the dark side because of his emotional connections yeah. to a father like like it's uh, it's all very sim like it's got all of those essence of uh, uh, Star Wars to it really. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a that'll be a a topic of tension, possibly, maybe free season three, that maybe Thrawn can um, uh, possibly take advantage of. Who knows? Yeah, the other alternative is that uh, Baby Yoda dies in the next two episodes, and uh, that's it. Fingers crossed. Just kidding. Can only hope. I'd, that would be that would be sucky. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't like that. Uh, but I think that's I think that's it. That's all. Everything that I wanted to mention. Yeah. Uh, you guys both good or what? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm good. Uh, all right. Well, Charlie, thanks for uh, joining again for another podcast episode. Despite the fact that I think I would say pretty uniformly nobody wanted you. Mm, mm, yeah. I'm just I'm just joking. Charlie. No, no, were, I mean, no, we're not even sure how you got in this voice channel. To be honest, yeah, I meant but... to lock it down, but whatever. But yeah, thanks for joining, Charlie. We appreciate no. your uh, your takes, um, especially as dislike previous. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but everyone, round of applause for Charlie. Charlie's yeah. been a great a great guest these last few episodes. We'll probably have him on for Thank some you. more Mando talk. Uh, Let us know. But you guys the... decide his fate. <laughs> but I I do want to say we haven't answered emails in a while. We. Uh, when we get back probably to our next book episode or the next episode with just me and Justin, we'll, yeah. we'll probably do that. I don't want to make Charlie sit through, uh, all your boring email. No, uh, through talking about like the older books and stuff that we haven't really had it because we'll, we might it even do like an episode. the fact that he can't read. So, well, I wanted to float an idea past you here, Justin, of, okay. uh, doing an episode just to catch up on viewer questions. So doing the mailbag yeah, yeah, yeah. and then taking more from chat. Uh, well, we're still yep. kind of transitioning back into our fully armed and operational podcast. Sounds epic. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining Charlie. And remember, may the force be way. It's like a milk byproduct. Milky Way. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Milky Way.